Welcome back to Our Childhood Suck. In this episode, our team breaks down how pop culture affected our thoughts and ideas on gender expression, and you'll hear an iconic monologue about the title of this episode. This episode was recorded on November 18th, 2020. Gender expression uh, has a lot to do with your body. So we're going to talk about bodies now. Uh, we talked a little bit about the body um, with our sex talk that we had in the last recording session. We talked a little bit about bodies. Um, so, so sad I missed it. So we have a little bit less time to talk about bodies because we started body there. Um, but let's talk about our bodies and how um, uh, culture either helped or ruined or whatever it did to our bodies. Um, I'm going to start first. Uh, I'm going to do a content warning real quick for uh, eating disorders. Um, so I'm just going to get this out of the way um, because I think um, shows are really bad about presenting eating disorders in terms of seriousness. Um, I go to Glee, which I just rewatched in quarantine, um, and how straight up Marley comes in in season three. Sorry, spoilers for Glee. <laughs> but uh, she comes in. She plays, she plays Supergirl in uh, Supergirl. Now, whatever. Um, so she comes in and literally she gets bullied so much that she gets an eating disorder and everybody makes fun of her for having one and it's comical. And then when nobody helps her, they then judge her and shame her into stop having one. Um, and that, I didn't realize how much that like me up as a person who has imbalanced eating problems, um, from a young age. And that also comes from like food scarcity and like when you do eat, you eat a lot because it's on the table. And then also because like, it's also inexpensive, it's also inexpensive food, which means it's not good for you. And you're consuming that all the time. Um, so it's like how it's portrayed fucking sucks. And it's even worse for fat people because every single person they portray with some sort of disordered eating thing has to be like skinny girl that they're picking on or the nice girl because they have to like give her some edge. Like she's got to have something wrong with her. Like she's perfect. So we're going to make sure she's got a problem. Like, and it just rubbed me the wrong way. And as a bigger person who suffers with that hurts, it hurts my body. Uh, and I already talked about being fat in the last one. So, all right, my hands down. Just wanted to get out of the way. Um, sorry, I just want to go on the same topic. And not only, and also like the villain, very often the villain, like for example, um, like when I was watching um, Orange is the Black, um, Fig, Mr. Garoa, you know, they allude to that, but they never address that. Um, and it's like, it's also portrayed as an evil thing to do, <laughs> as if, you know, like, um, as a controlling or manipulative way of like, char- like character tends to have that too, which is also very messed up. You know, so. Uh, on that same topic before we move on. Um, I think that also to add on to what SMJ excellent point is that also like it's only ever women. Like I have I don't think I have ever seen a male character have an eating disorder mm-hmm. in any media property. And it's presented as solely the disorder of the like conventionally beautiful skinny white girl 
who like will have it and then will get over it because someone gives her an empowering speech. And I think it's like incredibly dangerous um, and really, really shitty. So yeah. (laughs) I've been watching a lot of UFC or mixed martial arts for people. And one of their basic tenets is that weight cutting is specifically drilled into these men, especially where your walk around weight may be 220 pounds, but you fight at 205, which means in six weeks or however, like some people have six days, they have to cut weight from 220 to 205, which means for multiple days, they're going without food or water or any nutrients. And that's required. Like that is expected. Um, And people in the media are like, oh, it's bad. But then they also give the props to people who do it well. They're like, oh my God, they're so good at the system. It's like, no, you're literally promoting um, Mm -hmm. harmful ways of treating your body. And like, we're going just because they're good athletes. It's so, it's strange. Daniel, I saw the hand fly. Yeah. You talk about a, you talk about a positive reinforcement. Like it doesn't matter what they say about it. You talk about a positive reinforcement. Like they get paid millions of dollars. Um, if you win, you know, certain title belts come with like at least hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and it's, it's, um, it's scary seeing some of these guys who go, who, who some, you know, usually they'll stick with, with a certain weight, but some of them like bounce around and it's like a big, it's like a big deal in the culture when, Oh, this person, you know, was, um, you know, uh, light, light heavyweight and now is going to featherweight. Like it's a big deal in terms of the kind of internal narrative of the fights. But then there is not the consideration, like you were saying SMJ about, that means in a certain amount of weeks cutting, you know, cons- you know, if it's just one, one um, uh, weight ranking, like five, 10 pounds, but if it's big jumps, like 20, 25, 30 pounds in a matter of a couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, it's, it's crazy. And then on top of that, the positive reinforcement of, well, if they win, they get $25 million. So, you know, yeah. I think the biggest one I saw was 32 pounds in three weeks. And that's cool because that's the culture. It's, it's weird. Sorry, we can move on to other topics of body, but uh, I think that's it. I think we'd be remiss not talking about that specific part of the body because it's so perpetuated in the, in the culture. It's, a, it's, a, uh, it's about weight, but not about uh, eating disorders or anything like that. Um, yeah. De- dehydration thing. Um, like the first time I like really did a deep dive into how like the Marvel actors, but especially, specifically um, the Hugh Jackman, um, like how they look that way in those movies, um, in addition to these very strict training and diet regimens that they get paid millions of dollars to do, obviously. Um, like Hugh Jackman especially talked about like why he stopped doing, had to stop doing Wolverine was because like in those really intense shots, he just wouldn't drink water for days um, to, to get the muscles to look that way. Growing up, see, you see the superheroes and part of you is always like, I wanna be that person. And you think it's just a matter of like, okay, well, like if I just really work out well enough, that's it. Like, no, there's so much more that goes into it that I think we're getting, I think we're getting better about um, addressing. Like, I think a lot more of the stars talk about the difficulties of it, um, 
what's his name? Uh, the guy from It's Always Sunny, um, mm-hmm. Rob, Rob McGellan, Manny, I think, something like that, um, you know, uh, gained a lot of weight and then um, lost a lot of that weight in one of the seasons, um, just as like a, a one-off joke that he got super shredded. Um, and he talked about it in an interview and they were like, how did you, you know, how did you gain all this muscle? And he was like, okay, it's super easy. You get a network television to pay you a hundred thousand dollars a week uh, <laughs> and to hire a personal trainer and to hire a dietitian who makes all your meals for you. And then all you do is focus on this for six months. Like it's super easy. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Um, and that was very much him addressing the fact of like, the way I, the way we look is not how normal people can look. You have to be paid to do it. You have to get all of the resources that these major networks give you. Don't try to look like me. Don't compare yourself to me. It's not a fair comparison at all. Uh, one more bigger person thing, and then I'll yield the floor, is I look at examples like Jonah Hill and Adele, where like supremely talented people, I mean, Obviously, I think Adele is a little more talented than Jonah Hill, um, but uh, in their perspective, in their respective, you know. um, but like no one was really talking about their talent necessarily. Well, Adele, I guess, yes, um, but they weren't like legitimately like recognized. It like Jonah Hill especially wasn't recognized as like an actor until he lost a ton of weight, and then when he gained it back a little bit. Like people like shamed him for that. I remember my first like experience of like people being like, what do you want from them was Tyra Banks when she had her show. And like, there was a photo uh, from a paparazzi of her in a one piece. And then she's like on her show and she says, kiss my, my fat ass or something. Um, Like this like weird hyper fixation on like, you have to remain in this body. And if you do anything, that goes against that. Um, I also think about LeBron James. He is on record saying that he spends a million dollars a year on health, and that's it. And I'd be like, that'd be great. Would have loved to have seen a doctor go to the dentist when I was a child. Couldn't afford that. But in the media, you're ashamed of you. Yeah. Anyway, I yield the floor. I yield it away. Please take it from me. <laughs> but I remember, like, it's just funny because I haven't seen it in so long, but I remember all those like commercials like Nutrisystem and like Weight Watchers and like, I was drinking Slim Fast at like 11 years old, like for what, like why? <laughs> um, and how we consider like losing weight or becoming skinny, especially rapidly to be this accomplishment. Um, and I think that's really like harmful and like, harmful and also just like misguided because obviously like your weight is not a direct indicator of like your actual health and like we were never really taught things like that um it's funny that you bring up Tyra Banks because I used to love America's Next Top Model now it's funny because that show is getting dragged at every corner (laughs) rightfully so but just like looking at all those women and um, they would have like a plus size woman like every once in a while. Um, but then there would be the girl who was like, mm, I'm not skinny enough to be a model, but I'm not heavy enough to be plus size. Mm, I'm regular. Like that was like her problem. Um, and I just think it's amazing. It's like, damn, like you have to be a 
dick and we consider that normal, but like actual like average size bodies are considered abnormal. Mm-hmm. I just, that's freaking wild to me. Um, and just back to like hip hop culture, like um, R&B music culture, stuff like that. So I always felt like, I always described myself growing up as fat in all the wrong places because I wanted the um, the typical like Coke bottle shape, like apple bottom jeans, you know, like, <laughs> you know that song Genuine? Homie? Genuine in those jeans, it's like in those jeans. Yeah. Tell me it's any more room for me. And I'm like, there's too much room in my jeans. Like, <laughs> you need, <laughs> like I didn't have an ass is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Like, because I didn't have, like, I wanted, like, average size boobs, um, a flat stomach, and then, like, hips and ass is what I wanted. It's honestly what I still want. Am I going to get there? No, my body's just not made like that. But it's still, like, really, really pervasive to, like, want to have this, like, sexually appealing, like, body. Um. But like, no, I have big boobs. I have a flubby little tummy and I have a little bitty booty. And that's totally fine. And that's like what I am. But um, yeah, I definitely, like it was to the point where I used to, this does sound so stupid. Um, I used to try to eat. So people would say like, you just need to eat like fried chicken and collard greens and cornbread and like, you'll get it. Cause like, that's how our bodies are made as black women, but it wasn't working for me. And so what I would try to do is I would, I would only eat on my stomach. So I would only eat lying down on my stomach. Because I thought that it was like. (laughs) 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 That if I just squeezed it, it would just redirect That's like that's like a teacher in a BFA program going. Okay, I want you to send that breath to like your right. That's what I thought I was doing. Oh my god! And I wish I could say I was like six or seven. I was like thirteen. Like. Stephanie, I was reading your notes before. Would you like to? Speak? You were reading my notes. Oh my god. Yeah. How embarrassing. Yes. No. I'm. 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 I've been mustering up the courage. Um. Yeah. So. Just to be gently, gently helping you. Thank you. Okay. Um, yeah. I guess as I've been thinking about this, you know, I there's obviously been like general, like my general body. Uh, you know, like being aware of it, wanting it to be, yeah, like the ideal feminine figure that we've been shown all our lives. Um, But the thing that stands out to me the most and that I think still affects me to this day is breasts. So 
my first memory of thinking about this is the little mermaid and of course like you know like other disney princesses you know they're they're like wearing i guess maybe jasmine also has like a little like bralette sort of thing going on but um yeah it was like the little mermaid and i like i was like what are those like why why don't i have that like what is going on <laughs> and i was like i couldn't figure out what like why I didn't have them or because I was like I'm a girl like I I should look like her and of course she's like 16 and I was six so like (laughs) anyway so then um the other main thing that sticks with me still is um and I don't know why this stands out to me so much so Kim Possible was one of the you know like spy shows that I watched and um I only recently realized that I just really took in how, so Bonnie's breasts, so she's like the cool girl, you know, they're like round, you know, the normal way that we see breasts portrayed in cartoons. And then Kim's are like pointy. And I never, and I, and like recently, <laughs> recently I've started saying, yeah, I have Kim Possible boobs. I don't know, man, like they're pointy. What can I say? Um, but like, that was such a, like, it was, oh my God. I was like, what is happening? Yes. Do you see that? <laughs> <laughs> do you see that? They're so pointy. Anyway. Roast her like, damn, them sharp ass titties you got. Do they ever actually acknowledge it? Because I don't know, but like, I really took that in. And I was like, it's good to have round boobs. It's bad to have pointy boobs. And so like, I still am like shameful of it, which is like so terrible. Cause it's just like, you know, they're just normal. They're, they're my boobs. Of course they're normal. Um, but yes. So that. I wonder what they were thinking, like, when they're- Literally, like, I'm like, like who, who did this? Who, who chose to animate her this way? <laughs> like, I think it's the only it. time that I've seen that. And well, like, maybe they meant it, but it's also, it feels like a maturity thing. Like, you know, Bonnie just seems so much more mature and cool. And Kim seems like, you know, less mature even though she's fighting crime and is arguably more cool <sighs> really well, stresses me out a strong spy and angles are strong sure yeah that must be it though <laughs> <laughs> i wonder though if that has something to do with in a sense like the purity ideal like if kim has the, mm. like the protagonist and she has the more kind of like girlish body compared to the, you know, Bonnie, who's more of a bitch, like sexualized, like womanly body and therefore like less pure. I wonder if yeah. you that psychology that went into that. Maybe, but um, yes. Cause Kim was like the, all, yeah, Kim was like the all American girl. Like she was like the perfect girl. I can't even remember like how she was portrayed in that, like, you know, as, as a girl, as a woman. Um, it's just the boobs that I remember. I don't know, man. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> On that same like note of like hyper specificity in things, I was remembering when I was looking at these questions, definitely not an hour before we started recording, 
Um, I remembered the way yeah. that fingers were talked about in Harry Potter, where all mm -hmm. the heroes had like these long, thin fingers and all the villains had short, fat fingers. And I had never realized how much I had internalized that until oh like, God. because it was like, everyone was like, oh, like, you know, because a very high level of, of like description of people's fingers and be like, oh, and then his long spider-like fingers gracefully. And there was like his short stubby fingers grabbed at the wand. And it's like very like, I mean, like JK Rowling being a fat shaming person is not exactly new information. <laughs> it does track, but like it's very in the like Roald Dahl um, school of British fantasy of the like if you are evil you are fat if you are good you are thin and these are the rules and we don't make them. Um, so that's something that as a kid I like because I remember just like as a kid like having like deep dysphoria about my fingers where I was like my fingers are too short they're not supposed to be like this when I was like fucking ten years old for no reason. Um. A little bit of a crossover episode because um, I know that we're gonna get there but now that you're saying that it's so funny because when I went for the first time to the um, residency at NTI um, in London I looked at people in the bus and young little girls looked like Disney princesses and I was like I get it it was for them like <laughs> <laughs> look at their thin noses and look at you know their skin color and their blue eyes and look at their you know yeah. it it was for them it wasn't for me and it was like it like you know the the gift the the like explosion and <laughs> the in the universe that's how I felt because um perhaps that's why I could never like get into Disney princesses movies because there's this um like I didn't see myself um and I know this is like a little crossover episode with race but but it's like it's very white very blonde very like and the little girls look like Disney princesses and it was adorable you know but it was <laughs> for me um and I didn't realize until I was yesterday years old you know when I went to London for the first time mm -hmm. um, I kind of want to speak on that as well and it does kind of it is still like a crossover because I recently saw this video where um, this artist recreated Aang from, older Aang from Avatar and Korra to be like more ethnically um, accurate. And so like, nor, you know, really he would have like, you know, more narrow eyes and like a wider nose. And that really made me realize like how Eurocentric cart like animation is drawn, just like period. like the big eyes, the tiny little noses and the like little mouths. Um, and when I've noticed kind of like when characters, and I'm using avatars as an example, or Korra more specifically, like typically the characters who are more like oaf-like or maybe like villains, like, or like comic relief, like they tend to be the ones who reflect more, you know, who tend to have like bigger or wider noses or tend mm. to be like, not thin um whereas like when you consider like the main protagonists they are the ones who typically have that more like eurocentric like conventional appearance what the heck why was that word so hard to find um so yeah and it's like dang like watching tv like if and watching like these cartoons it's almost like you start to like look at the real world and be like everyone is ugly 
because you start to think <laughs> because you start to think that like these extremely attractive people are like normal and how we're supposed to like how everyone looks. Mm-hmm. Um, we're almost at the time, Talia. I wanted to open it up for you. I don't know if you had any thoughts on anything or stuff that you wrote down before this episode. Um. Yeah, something I was thinking about is, um, well, going back to how, like, what you see isn't the average, or isn't, yeah, isn't the average, it's, it's beyond average, it's, it's, you know, the small percent of people who look a certain way, um, but, like, watching that and wanting to be an actor, like, I would see a certain body type, and I would be like, oh, well, I guess I can't, like, I don't think it's gonna work for me then, like, seeing, and very specific moments where, like, I see a woman wearing a dress that's very tight, you know, or like just like highlighting the parts of me that I don't feel as comfortable with or as confident about and then seeing it like this really confident person or like when people have to take off their clothes or wear a bathing suit um, every time like growing up and honestly like still now I'll see that and be like, oh my God, like what am I going to do? Um, and obviously like that's not how it should be and I'm, I'm an actor like that, you know too late but (laughs) um yeah I mean it just reminds me like why I one of the reasons why I want to do this is to like so that you know to create art is to make art where that doesn't matter or like where you can see everything um everything meaning like all kinds of people but yeah just like a stressful thing to see and like be always confronted with Thank you for listening to Our Childhood Sucked. Join us every Tuesday for a brand new episode. To learn more about our project, you can visit ourchildhoodsucked.com and follow us on Instagram at ourchildhoodsucked. Performance alert. Keep your eyes peeled for a new virtual workshop of our play. A date will be announced soon. A big thank you to the supporters of our fundraising campaign this summer. Thank you to Cheryl Frank, Tara Kunkel, Julianne Schaub, Maggie Rogers, Shima Reja, Mark Fongheiser, Faulty Stars 1995, Nick Blanchard, Laura Gutierrez, Grace Dillon, Laura Brain, Adnan Ahmed, J.M. Diab, Katie Dembinski, Jared Samuelson, Molly Camp, Oliver Richards, Molly Huey, Patricia Truss, Chandler Black, Maddie Dennis Yates, Ben Eckert, and Tristan Rose Julia. We'll see you next week. <laughs>